This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, things got crazy with the Jack Eichel saga over the weekend as it seemed like talks greatly intensified and then they cooled down and then they got crazy again. And now it appears as though a trade could be happening at any moment. We're recording this right now at 545. So the Sabres are playing now. This is just after the Bills game. Um, By the time you're listening to this, there is a chance that this trade may have happened already, just given the fact of how quickly it's been evolving. And it seems like Buffalo and Vegas are right on the doorstep. So let's kind of get into it here. I'm going to go through just some reports that had kind of come out through the day yesterday, just through various insiders and, you know, really the prevailing thought here is that this is it's Vegas is on the doorstep right now. Calgary and Anaheim are hanging out in the background a little bit, but it seems like this is about to happen. So it started off with Friedman, where he had said on Friday that talks were intensifying. It seemed like it was about to happen. And then uh, 32 thoughts in the morning on Saturday, he had said that the talks had cooled. Not even a couple hours later, then does Darren Dreger come in and tweet out that the roller coaster that is the Jack Eichel saga continues to twist and turn. Trade talks heated up and cooled this week. Seems like talks have reheated today. Stay tuned. Then we get Frank Saravelli. All indications are Vegas and Buffalo are well down the track in discussions of what framework of a Jack Eichel trade would look like. Where does it stand now? Many moving parts, roster, cap, and injury complications. So then moving forward a little bit more, Kevin Weeks then tweets just to kind of throw a little bit of uh, a, a change up into the mix. While the situation remains fluid and complex with the potential trade of Buffalo Sabres star Eichel, I'm told Flames and Golden Knights are among potential final destinations, which is something that we already knew. Then Dave Pagnota goes on to say uh, a little while after that, this is around, uh, what time was this at? I think around like 7.30 last night, Uh, last night being on Saturday night, excuse me. Vegas remains very much engaged in talks with Buffalo, and as many have reported, there's been a lot of traction towards a deal. One area is still to be figured out, the dollars matching up, and how does it look if Eichel can't play post-surgery? Then we have... Uh, the mayor who he is, he just is at mayor NHL. Um, he hosts, uh, a show on Sirius, Sirius is, uh, NHL's Sirius XM station. He then goes on to tweet few updates from what I've been able to gather. Expectation was the Eichel Vegas deal was to complete be completed by end of day yesterday, which is Friday night. Not sure what the holdup is. Silverberg timing was ironic, unrelated, not trade related. So context for that over the weekend, Jacob Silverberg was pulled from the ducks lineup, which led to a ton of people thinking that it was either going to be the ducks or there was going to be a three-way move involved and Silverberg was going to be involved one way or another, but that then came out that it had nothing to do with the potential trade. And he goes on to say, so what's left 
Krebs, White Cloud, and a pair of firsts? Question mark. So a couple of things on this. First off, I want to talk about Peyton Krebs here because this has been kind of the big thing with Vegas is we're wondering if we're going to be able to get Peyton Krebs back in return. He is the piece that I think if you are trading Jack Eichel, you need to get back. I'm at the point now, I think you are too. I know a lot of us are. Those of you who are listening, I'm sure feel this way too, where it's like, just get this thing done. Like, get it over with, put this in the rear view, whatever it takes, just please make it happen. But as much as I am of that belief that you just have to get this over with and just make it happen, you have to know with 120% certainty that you would not be able to get Peyton Krebs under any circumstances if you're going to make this trade with Vegas. And even still, I don't even want to do it if you're not getting Krebs at this point. Um, it, it, It just, we can't get in return anything short of obviously the first round picks matter but you need to get that premier center prospect back and Krebs is that guy you know Zegris is is too much of a, of a far-fetched idea at this point um you know we hear Connor Zeri's name being brought up a lot when it comes to the flames but Krebs I think far and away is the guy um the other thing I wanted to bring up too in regards to Krebs is that because there has been a lot of question marks about whether or not he would actually be involved in a deal like this something that was at least very reassuring NHL rumors daily had tweeted out from what I've heard to this point, And it's not much. I'd be more surprised if Krebs isn't involved than one of the reported defensemen. But at this point shrugs here to share what I've been told to save confusion. If Craig, if Krebs isn't involved, he would be very surprised. And if the defenseman is not, or if the defenseman involved is not involved, then he would be less surprised. So, it seems like Krebs could very well be coming back. And I think that that's more than fair. Again, when we're talking about a guy who went healthy as a top 10 player in this league. The other thing that kind of going back to the mayor's tweet that I thought was a little interesting is Zach Whitecloud, who just signed a six-year extension with the Golden Knights for, I think, just north of $2 million a year. I don't see how much sense that makes for the Sabres bringing him uh, back in return when we're talking about like the cap moves here for bringing back some salary for Vegas's sake so that they're able to fit Eichel in, we've talked about Riley Smith. We've talked about Alex Tuck. Those are the two names I think that really jump out that make the most sense to come back. I don't really see a situation where a defenseman makes any sense to come back and in even stranger leading up to the weekend, somebody had even suggested Shea Theodore as a possibility, which he is a left-handed defenseman. I get it. But at the same time, if you get Shea Theodore on this team, he is the best defenseman on the team by far. Like that is, that would be cool to get him back. If it's like him and Krebs somehow, which I know that's very, very far-fetched, but either way, a ton has happened. So Taylor, all of that in mind, digesting it, having 24 hours to kind of process everything. Where are you at with all of this? How do you feel? Do you think that it's it over with coming days? Jesus, what is wrong with you people? It's been like six goddamn months. When we when when locker cleanout day happened, I was on vacation in Florida. It was before it was warm here, and now it's cold here again. I know our summer isn't that long. It's been five and a half months since locker cleanout day. So that's annoying. My other thing is I think there's obviously a lot of noise. So something happened this weekend. Had to. There's too many guys and from too many different uh, outlets in, you know, that had stuff. Kevin Weeks had stuff, Dreger, Cervelli, Friedman, all of the guys you mentioned. You know what it made me think, though? What's that? I think – I know he's not even, like, fully an employee anymore, but I think Bob McKenzie's going to break it. You think so? Well, I thought he was retired. 
I was like pretty sure he was retired. I see his Twitter bio says he's a semi-retired insider. And then he broke the uh, Charlie McAvoy extension last week, two weeks ago, whenever that was. Two weeks ago. So it's like, you know, McKenzie a lot of time, it's like quiet, quiet. He doesn't do a lot of like the, oh, I'm hearing this and things are heating up over here. Um, but, you know, obviously I trust Elliot Friedman a lot. I, I really don't trust Darren Dreger very much. I think Dreger naturally doesn't make stuff up, but just like anything he hears, you know, it's just in his ears and out of his mouth. If you could give like high school yearbook superlatives to the NHL insiders, Darren Dreger would easily win talks the most, but says the least <laughs> that guy, like there'll be like a bunch of really specific reports out there. And then Dreger will tweet something out being like, breaking news. Talks are ongoing with a Jack Eichel trade. More to come. Like, the dude doesn't say anything, ever. Yeah. Well, Anyways, to, sorry. To not protect to their identity, I won't give it out. But in, in my grade, the talks the least says the most and talks the most and says the least were given to twin brothers. Um, so, so, yeah. So, I'd like to hear from Mackenzie. And this is more insider stuff than anything. Uh, but I... I I appreciate that style and I appreciate Friedman Friedman's, you know, he's a great reporter. Everyone likes 32 thoughts. So I always trust them, but like things change so quick and it's still such a, a strange process that we're going through. It just seems to me that Vegas, I, I wonder if Vegas is doing this because of how they look so far this season. Uh, so, I mean, that's that uh, probably a concern mm-hmm. for them. I, I, if I were them, I would have been more concerned uh, four months ago when they got knocked out of the playoffs by Montreal uh, for the, I think, third year in a row, uh, they lost to a team that had a, a better top line center than them. I don't have one, really. And it's, it's Chandler the big Stevenson, thing they're missing. Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and hey, they can send them back in the trade if they want. I mean, well, let me ask you this, let me ask you this, because that's something that I've actually thought about too. I mean, I know Chandler Stevenson isn't a top line center. That's, I don't think anybody is going to try and like make that claim that that dude's like legitimate or on par with Pacioretty and stone, but does it make sense though? If you are getting Jack Eichel and Stevenson is sticking around that you would maintain that first line. That's already productive. That already drives play. And then you put Eichel on the second line as your second line center, where you can spread that out a little bit more, because then it's like, are you going to allow Stevenson then to go move down the lineup a little bit and play with guys that aren't going to mask his deficiencies as much as stone and Pacioretty do? Yeah, I, I would think that they would basically treat it like they have two first lines at that point. Right. Yeah. Who is their second line center right now? William Carlson. Uh, yeah, he's okay, I guess. I mean, he's not a first line center though. Uh, and neither is Stevenson. Right. Uh, yeah. So right now I'm looking, they are okay. They've been, they've actually picked way back up. They're four and four now. So I'm sure they'll be fine, especially in that division. Still though, I think they should be less panicky about us early season stuff. Cause I know they're going to win their division at the very least. They're going to make the playoffs and more, worry more about what it's going to be like when they have to face like Colorado or weirdly St. Louis again, uh, being really good. Or if they make the Stanley cup and they have to face Florida, Tampa, Boston, whoever makes it Pittsburgh, maybe, uh, it'd be good to have Jack Eichel on your side. I know, I don't know if he'd actually play in the playoffs this year, but like going forward, you know, if everything goes well with his surgery, whichever surgery he ends up getting, you know, you have years of this guy still being in his prime. Are you really going to get hung up on that? Cause of Peyton Krebs, 
Ben Krebs doesn't even have a point this year. Are you really? I mean, yep. he seems good. Yep. He's a mid round, mid first round pick from two years ago. I would be a little bit less worried about where Peyton Krebs ends up if I were them. And I'll say too, I so I only I watched Vegas's opening game, and Krebs was definitely noticeable. But I gotta think it's helping our chances a bit that he's not like lighting it up right now. Like that's clutch for us at least i I think it at the very least helps our chances and part of me wonders too because you know a lot of these guys i know they have their connections everywhere but the kevin weeks tweet really stood out to me because everybody everybody was saying it's vegas and buffalo it's vegas and buffalo and part of me wonders if the back and forth between things heating up and cooling and then heating back up again and then the the calgary tweet comes in that calgary is reported i almost wonder and this is purely speculative. It, could that be Adams feeding information there to maybe put the pressure on Vegas a little bit more to up the offer a little bit? Um, well, that's actually interesting. The Calgary stuff. Yeah. Maybe the league coming from Sabres land. Cause they were, that, they were no way. I mean, they've been around. We Calgary has been in the top three for the past couple of months now, but this weekend specifically, it was like, Vegas is this is happening like the one tweet going back that was on that uh was put out yesterday that it was supposed to be the deal was supposed to be done Friday night like I wonder what the holdup was why that didn't happen if it was supposed to be done by the end of the day Friday and then is it a coincidence then that Saturday Kevin Weeks comes back and says that Calgary's still you know circling around in the back uh I I, I, I maybe it's not a coincidence it is interesting. Calgary basically is the opposite incentive here in Vegas, or at least the one Vegas had last week when they were struggling. Uh, Calgary has a surprising 6-1-1 start. They got Sutter back, obviously. And there's someone that could, you know, like maybe look like, huh, maybe the cycle trade. We don't get him. I don't know when he would be back. Probably maybe he'd be back for the playoffs. Playoffs are obviously later this year because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So maybe they have him back by the time the playoffs start. But maybe it gives them a new look as a potential cup contender if they have Eichel. Maybe it helps them because I don't. I feel like they don't, you know, which direction they're going to go in with Gaudreau and Monahan and the fellas, you know. Right. No, that's very, very true. I I mean, it's interesting to see now, too. And I think it's kind of nice because in Vegas's case, I think it's a little bit more of a sure bet that they're going to obviously be there come the end of the year. But with Calgary... If you get them in that mindset right now, and we're talking about first round picks also being involved, because I think that's the thing here is like the better the prospect is that you're going to be getting back or the young player, the less that you're going to be getting in terms of picks. So when it comes to Calgary, I mean, I think that there's a, a pretty, I think Connor Zero will be good, but I think there's a pretty big difference right now in terms of potential and outlook between him and Krebs. So if Zary is the centerpiece and then you also get a couple of first rounders in that deal, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because Calgary really isn't a sure bet as we've seen. Uh, yes. Well, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, they could just be another team on a hot start. Well, I mean, this, we're recording right now during the Sabres game. Um, they're winning with 16 minutes left. So they'd be six, one and one. That's what Calgary is. So like, I think the Sabres are going to start buying anytime right. soon. But no, I mean, it's interesting. I, I wonder too, uh, if a team trades for Eichel, he obviously goes on LTIR or stays on LTIR mm-hmm. and maybe you can, that gives you a chance to buy at the deadline. Right. That could be interesting. Right. And then you don't bring him back till the first playoff game. If he's even ready by then. 
Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, and I almost wonder too, because then you have to keep in mind, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on our last episode, but if we're talking about like in say Vegas's case, we get a guy like Riley Smith back or if it's Calgary and you get somebody who's like a cap dump, that's maybe, you know, fallen off a little bit, but if you're going to give them top six minutes or top four minutes, if it's defenseman, that's even more that you can end up bringing back in that deal because then you flop them at the trade deadline and, or you flip them at the trade deadline and, and get more futures back. So um, one thing that I do want to ask you though, about this is going back to Vegas, because I, I really don't think we can like the, the, you know, stress this point enough that in my mind, it's like, it, it's Krebs or nothing for me. Are you in that belief too, Taylor? Like, do you feel as though, yeah oh yeah 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 if it's not like there's no like brisson and in, in two firsts or in other pieces like it, it has to be not friends. for them no because their firsts are useless they're going to be really good the next two years like the two firsts i would listen maybe for calgary anaheim i'm all ears very but no not for them they're going to be like 25th or worse mm-hmm. those first round picks i don't want that i want more ryan johnson's on this team I mean, I mean wow. ruin Star Wars. No. So <laughs> my God. the other, uh, the other Ryan Johnson, Ryan with a Y it's like, Oh shit. Oh, the Kings just tied it by the way. Um, oh, they really, did. really sick shot. I think by Kopitar. Yeah. Kopitar. He's been having a year, man. What a start yeah. to the year he's had. Yeah. Power play. I didn't see who got the penalty for the Sabres though. Well, I guess you probably know this already though, if you're listening to this, but yeah, where, where was I? Oh, the, the draft Krebs. picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want Krebs. That, so first of all, you already know he's been an interesting prospect. His draft plus one year, he was uh, like 1.75 points per game in juniors. Good in the AHL, got a little bit of NHL time. That's encouraging. You know, you don't really know with a pick. Like, we didn't think the St. Louis pick was going to end up being 31. Right. And it didn't look that way for most of the year. So that's, I mean, you really never know, but I, I would, I'm going to make a personal guarantee that if we get two Anaheim first rounders, that neither of them will be 32. Yeah. <laughs> that is my wow. personal guarantee. What a hot it, take. Maybe one of them might be 33. Yeah. Not the next two years. I bet one of them might be 33, wow. but yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, that, that there's no way I really around it. Like you, you, I know I said, get the trade over with, but get it over with in a reasonable way. It's not a win for the Sabres to get Krebs a first and one other pretty good guy. It's not a win. No. So it's, it shouldn't be too much to ask. And well, frankly, and think- if you're, if you're really, uh, really looking to trade for Jack Eichel and you're Kelly McCrimmon, let's say, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, are you, you're, you're really just going to get hung up on Peyton Krebs like that? You're talking about a, a, a monumental deal and you're not giving up too much. Well, and that also brings up the point too, that like, of course, injury concerns. Yes. You always got to preface it with this, but when you look at Vegas's major moves that they have made over the past, I mean, I was going to say over the past few years, but like since their inception, pretty much <clears throat> it goes back to Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Alex Pietrangelo. What do all those guys have in common? They are at the tail ends of their prime. They are firmly in win now mode. And while Peyton Krebs is maybe the key piece to their future, 
Jack Eichel is a, a way more important piece to your future and the longevity that comes with him. You're getting a guy that's only 25 years old, a very reasonable cap hit given both just his talent and production, but also with where the salary cap is inevitably going to go in the next couple of years and his cap percentage that he's going to be taking up for them. I, I mean, it's again, it's baffling to me that people are scoffing at the idea of it's like, Oh my, well, Peyton Krebs. I don't know if we can do that. It's like, have you watched this guy play hockey before? Like Jack Eichel? Yeah. And, and it goes back to the injury thing. I know. Cause that's what any, any Vegas or Calgary or Anaheim fan would say, but it's just mind boggling to me. And it really makes me question, obviously if, you know, injury concerns aside, if people have, have really watched Jack, just to know how good he can be. And I don't know if you've noticed this too, but I found it kind of interesting that in just going through like Twitter a bit, and I know that this obviously is not the basis for a fan base, like the pulse of a fan base or anything like that. But I feel like for Vegas and Anaheim, their fans are way more apprehensive about this trade happening. Whereas Calgary fans that I've seen are like, get it done are you crazy you're gonna let vegas get jack eichel like what are you thinking you know whereas it doesn't seem like vegas fans for one have that much urgency for this it doesn't feel like anaheim fans do and oddly enough i feel like there's been a pretty even split among fans of other nhl teams not of the ones involved between people who are like ah, this is really risky with the injury and other people who are like, are you kidding me? If this guy comes back healthy, do you know how good he's about to be? So I just found that kind of interesting that the the discrepancy between the fan bases, because yeah, Calgary fans seem to be all about it. If anybody's listening uh, from Calgary, trying to get some updates, but let us know, respond to, uh, respond to us or tweet at us and let us know just the general pulse, because at least from what I've noticed, it seems like Calgary is the, the fan base that's the most all in on making this happen. I know, obviously, that has no bearing on the trade itself, but just something kind of interesting from social media, I noticed. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends at DraftKings. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 in any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, and one last thing on Krebs and Eichel. Uh, Eichel in his age 20 season, so I, you want to look at this like draft plus three, I guess. This is actually his draft plus three year, Krebs, I'm, I'm realizing right now, because he's drafted in 19. So this seems insane, but yeah, 19, 20, 20, 21, 21, 22. So he has zero points in eight games. And Eichel's draft plus three season 
He had 64 points in 67 games. In fact, in his draft plus two season, he was 57 points in 61 games. So he was just under a point a game both those years and then was over a point a game in 1819, 82 and 77, and then 78 points in 68 games in 2019-20. So forget those last two years I just put out there. That's not fair to Krebs. But yeah, that's like that's the, the difference in the kind of guy you're talking about. Krebs is a mid-first round pick. He's still good in juniors. He's put up numbers in the AHL. He's not a sure thing as an NHL player, not just as a star. I mean, he's more of a sure thing than the vast majority of prospects, which is good, which is why we want him. But Eichel is Eichel, man. Like, what the hell are you guys? What are you, what are you poking around this trade for for so long? Mm-hmm. And having your guys be in rumors and whatnot when you're trying to want to stay on the cup, if you're not serious about making the trade, and if you are serious about making the trade, what do you see in Peyton Krebs that no one else does? You know? True. Like, I'd be excited if they – well, I shouldn't say excited. I would be good with getting Krebs as, like, the centerpiece. But, I mean, if they're not going to do that – I mean, knows, it has man, to be that. It, it really does. Like, it, we've said this before. He's going to come back out of this injury, and you know he's going to be good, not based on any medical <laughs> – opinion or anything like that but just as like looking at the past 10 years of being a Sabres fan or if you want to get real specific the past 50 years of being a Sabres fan like their exists <laughs> their entire existence like he's going to come back and he's going to be really really good yeah a hundred percent so do you did you watch the game on Thursday I did I caught like half of it yeah yeah I think Anaheim hey you guys look pretty good Maybe uh, maybe you, those won't be such high picks the next two years, right? Did maybe you should uh, set them on Victor Olofsson dog walk Trevor Zegris. They should probably no, no, just no. give him to us. Oh, yeah. Oh, Zegris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olofsson no, walked him. Zegris did not look good. I think that they should send him to Buffalo and let Buffalo try and figure out Zegris. 100%. And he send two first-round picks with him. And then should, like, extend Getzlaff, I think. He looks, I agree. He's looking spry. He really is. He's but a yeah, lot of I mean, face-offs. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, I, I think I wouldn't even worry about the next two drafts. You guys are set as soon as you get Eichel. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was cool though. Rasmus Asplund, he scored again today. He's looked uh, fantastic, dude. What a great story it's been with him because really before last season, he it, it seemed like that was going to be a lost cause. That it was going to be like, all right, maybe we'll get a decent fourth liner out of this. But like, he's like. He's proven like that he could actually be like a solid bottom six. If you have to move him up the lineup into the middle six to kind of fill a void kind of player that you can just move around. You could play him on either wing. You could play him at center. If you need him to, he kills penalties. He's got a scoring touch to him. You know, it's, it's sounds kind of funny to say, but in reality, it's like, is this the guy that we thought we were going to be getting when we drafted him in the second round? Like, I mean, for as high as he was taken in the second round, obviously, you know, you'd probably want to get a little bit more of like a a higher upside scoring touch kind of guy. But this is the bill of goods that we were sold on him. Solid defensively, good two-way game. He could contribute on the offensive side a bit. And you you really didn't see the offense at all prior to last season. Um, But man, what a... I don't want to go as far as to to call him like a revelation, but like given the fact that it seemed like he was on life support a couple of years ago, just in terms of like what everybody thought that he was going to be and what it really looked like he was going to be for them. What a great, great story that is. 
Fantastic. I mean, and another guy who's looked incredibly good, the other guy who scored today for the Sabres, uh, Victor Olofsson. So he's insane. He is a, uh, he's also having a good year. He's actually scoring at even strength. He looks much better outside of Ralph Kruger. And well, I, I think the re I was given, I completely, I shouldn't say gave up, but I didn't, wasn't that interested in, in him this season for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think I was really wrong for two reasons, regardless of how he um, ends up this year. He one is that you got to see everyone without Ralph Kruger. True. I mean, you have to give them that chance to say, like, maybe he was the reason that they didn't play as well. And if I recall correctly, he never played for or he he played very few games for Phil Housley at the end of that one year. So he's most of his career has been under Kruger. And then secondly, he was drafted in 2014. He was a seventh round pick. And it wasn't like overnight, like, oh, we got to steal. Like this guy's going to make the NHL. Like during the tank year, nobody talked about Olsen like ever. And then it was like, just slowly over that time. It's like, huh? Olofsson, he's, uh, he's scoring a lot at this level and this level, and then he's in Rochester. And then all of a sudden he's, he's up and he's a good power play player playing the first line, but only with like So I think you got to at least have the idea that maybe he can improve because he's improved so much since he's been drafted and yeah. he's 25 now. So he's, he's really improved at every level. So maybe he's a guy that you, you should, I, I should have been more open to the idea that he could improve. I am 100% with you on that. I, I, but I will also say though, I don't think it's unreasonable for any of us to <clears throat> have, have the opinion that we had on him. I mean, especially, you know, like looking at last year, he really, over the last two years, I should say, he really wasn't producing much on five on five. He really wasn't producing much without Jack. <clears throat> so I, I don't think it's unreasonable for people to have questions, but yeah, I mean, I was with you. Like, I think a lot of people were rightfully so kind of worried. And man, he's off to the races to start off this year, playing at, a, I think, just over a point per game pace. So it's good to see, you know, if, if he can end up being a guy that when you eventually do get that center to fill the void of, of like that number one of like the top line, or if he works out with like Casey on the second line or something like that, or Cousins on the second line, whatever. You know, that's that's going to be really, really nice to have. And I think, again, you know, he's on a two year deal right now. We'll see where he's at at the end of this uh, at the end of this deal at the end of next year. But if he keeps this up and shows that he can, you know, do his thing and and contribute and not need like an elite center to, to put up points and be a consistent offensive force and not need to only be viewed as like a power play specialist. I mean, that's an, an even better piece than we thought we already have, you know, like even with him being specifically like a power play focused guy and just like relying on like a good center for him to put up points, that's still a very valuable piece as it is. And you can sell that off to like a, a good team and, and get a nice return for that. But with that being said, though, he's still pretty young and I'm I think I've moved back pretty significantly on the idea of being like, we should try and like include this guy in a deal or trade him because he's showing he can do a lot more than we had thought. Yeah. I mean, and there's a few guys obviously that have just looked like different players, basically. Really? Yeah, they have. Oh, it's, it's amazing what a difference a good coach can make. You know, I was at a wedding this weekend, actually it's a wedding Saturday at a party on Friday. And people know that we have the Sabres podcast and they just, so many people just came up and asked about the Sabres and in, in a more positive way, you know, like wanting to know, like, what do I think? Like, do I think they could, they could keep this up? Could they make the playoffs, all this stuff? 
And normally, like the last couple of years, it's been like the Sabres, huh? What's wrong with them? Right. <laughs> For the first time in a while, it's uh, like, hey, something to be excited about. It's a wild thing, isn't it? Man. It really I can't is. Believe it. Hey, People I mean, unironically they... being like, can the Sabres do this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, So a couple of years ago, the Bills made the playoffs in 2017. Uh, they started out really well. They started out five and two, I think, that year. And the Sabres started out terrible in the 17-18 season. Like, horrific. I'm sure you remember. Mm-hmm. And it took so long. I think it was until the after the Bills season that the Sabres passed them and wins, which is absurd. That Bills team, I mean, the Bills went nine and seven, including the playoff game, nine and eight. So it's like the Sabres didn't win their 10th game until after January 1st. I'm pretty sure. Whatever it was, it was an absurdly late date. And at one point in the season, the Sabres or the Bills had, I think, a bye and a three-game losing streak when they went from five and two to five and five. And the Sabres couldn't catch them. Oh my God. Like in November, it's like, what the hell? Guys? Pain. Pain, yeah, it Taylor. Absurd. It was absurd. So this year I was thinking like, oh my God, could that happen again? Because I thought if, if the goaltending is bad enough and they can't match up with other teams' first lines, even with Granado, this could be an ugly season. And the Bills, I thought, you know, obviously it could be a fun – It's it is a fun season. And this, the NHL season started a week later than usual. So I thought like, oh my God, could this happen even longer this time? Since the Bills play 17 weeks, it goes right into mid-January. It's like, could the could the Bills be out of the Sabres until like – I mean, the whole, obviously last year, I should say last year, the Bills and Sabres won the same number of games. But, I mean, it was also a shortened season. Right. For the NHL. It's not the exact – and it started like way later, whatever. I guess it's not important. This year, now that they're back, a somewhat, a somewhat similar trajectory, uh, the Sabres uh, have been ahead of them. The Bills tied them back up today and now – depending on what happens in these last uh, seven and a half minutes of this game, the Sabres could, uh, could pass them again. Look at hopefully the for, I mean, yeah, hopefully for good. I mean, I know the bills are obviously, uh, they should have uh, quite a few wins this year, but hopefully the Sabres are, I don't know, into the mid teens by mid January. I would I think hope. that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Man, look at us. These two powerhouse dynamo sports teams. Yeah. Look at Buffalo go. Man, we own the Dolphins now. It's incredible. We do. We really do. And they, like, the Bills did not play good today. Like, the offense was not good. And they still had a nice win. Yeah. Honestly, I think owning the Dolphins goes back to before Allen. I was trying to think about it. Obviously, Allen's been unbelievable against them, even before he was good. But if I'm not mistaken here, the Bills beat the Dolphins this, the last game or the second time they played in 2012, I believe. Swept them in 13, split in 14, swept them in 15. Dolphins swept in 16 in two weird games. Then Bills swept in 17, split 18, swept 19, 20, and 21. So they've won like 75% of the games. Oh, no, LA just took the lead. Anyway... Anyway, that's a, a weird aside, I guess, the Bills on the Dolphins still. It's it's pretty cool. 61 to 11 this year. 61 to 11. Dang. And we weren't even happy with either performance. No, really Wild. not. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, Good problem to have. Yeah. Well, hopefully the Sabres can tie up here in the last six minutes. I believe in them. Yeah. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Who do, you, who do you got here with the goal? 
Oh man, who do I got? I'm gonna go. Who, who do I have? You know what? We we need a Dylan Cousins sighting. I'm gonna go with Dylan Cousins. He uh, were you watching earlier when he fought Brendan Lemieux? No, actually, I missed that. No, I was coming. That was what early in the game. Uh, I believe it was the beginning of the second period. Yeah, I missed like I've missed a lot of the game because I was at the Bills game and then I had to go and pick up Ziggy for my dad. So I, I did miss that, unfortunately. Please tell me he won, though. No, not <laughs> even close. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, well, anyway, anything else you got? Not really, man. I think honestly, at this point, it's just like, get this goddamn deal done. That yeah. I, I think I could speak. For, I think we both can speak for a lot of Sabres fans and just like, please get it over with. Yeah. Get Peyton Krebs. Let's do it. it let's let's set a- Vegas up for a cup and also set ourselves up for the future. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. They're already out West. Just like drop Jack off on the way. That's yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? No, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. Do you? No. Uh, do you have a random former Sabres player? You're, you're gosh darn right I do. It is none other than great friend of the podcast, Jocelyn Tebow. Oh, well, I'm going to go with one of the great trade acquisitions in Sabres history, Michael Froelich. Michael Froelich. There we go. I love that. What what he's up to these days? Where is he now? He's he, is he in Edmonton or something like that? Oh, is he? Is he still in the NHL? Good I think for he's him. still, or maybe he's overseas now. But I I thought he was. Let me look this up now, so we can set, give Michael for like a proper send off. Now I'm looking it up. Do you have any recommendations for the people? Um, do I have any recommendations? Oh, I super have a recommendation. Actually, what am I saying? Okay, so. I, over the weekend, started to watch, uh, it's called McCartney 321 on Hulu. It is six-episode miniseries featuring Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin, and it's literally just the two of them broing out, listening to old Beatles songs, and pretty much them talking about like the writing and recording process. If you're a Beatles fan, this is totally for you. If you are a music fan in general, music history fan, or just like intrigued by like songwriting and think that it's cool go to hulu and watch it half hour episodes six of them i have two more to go it has been like i'm glued to the tv when this like like watching it it has been so (laughs) interesting and so cool i mean like i'm a huge beatles fan as i'm pretty sure i've said many times on here taylor i know you know this also a big rick rubin fan i mean he's produced like every hit record ever um So just seeing these two like legends of their craft talking from, you know, Rick Rubin from the recording side and Paul McCartney from like the, the musician and lyricist and songwriting side. It's, it's fascinating. And it's essentially just Rubin is like interviewing him pretty much. And they're like hanging out in a studio, just kind of like shooting the shit with each other. And then like Paul will like grab a guitar, go to the piano and talk about like parts that he wrote. And like, I've, it's just been so interesting from like a music history perspective. Like I've learned so much and I thought I knew, I thought I knew a lot about the Beatles as it was, but this is like shed completely new light on a bunch of new stuff with their songs and their writing. So highly, highly recommend uh, anybody who is a a music fan at all. 
Nice. Anyway, so Michael Frohley played eight games last year for Montreal. Now he plays in the Lausanne Hockey Club in love Switzerland. Congrats. Michael Frohleek, we love you. Yeah. Um, I saw last night in Soho Thursday. Edgar Wright doesn't miss, folks. No, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, very good. Enjoyed very it a lot. Nice. Very kind of spooky. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, everyone loves Anya Taylor-Joy. She's Joy. great. And the, awesome. the young uh, Thomas and McKenzie having a great year in horror. She was also an old, which was a oh a wait, fun did you see movie. old? That's the island one, right? Yeah, it's uh, my dude, uh, M Night Shyamalan. It was a, uh, it was something. I'll tell you, pal. Wow, it was really was something. Something in a good way or a bad way? Like, was it good? So no, not in the traditional way. Um, but it was. Let's see fascinating are there some body horror aspects to it that are like really good and disgusting uh as a concept it's a great concept some of the execution is pretty good the dialogue sometimes feels like it was written by an alien some of the performances are bewildering some of the jokes like fall completely flat and the ending seemed like it was like they had a really cool ending and then they just really weirdly undercut it for no reason but i would say it's a fascinating experience they're really a lot of there's not many artists in the film industry who are just allowed to make a movie that they want to make now and get any kind of budget for it right like so that's it, it's good and uh you know i think a lot of people are they're really um not a lot of weirdos left in hollywood uh, it's you know it's being overrun by normies and so it's good to have someone like M. Night Shyamalan, who's just completely insane. That's quite a take, to... Taylor, out of context. We need more weirdos in Hollywood. We, we do. <laughs> you know. What do you think the problem with Hollywood is? I don't think there's enough weirdos there. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, well, there are that's weirdos. Good. There's not allowed to make any decisions. That's fair. Every decision's made by, like, a private equity ghoul or whatever. <laughs> and that's the problem. Somebody when... who's, who has attended a conference with Ralph Krueger. Exactly. Like they've all read Ralph Kruger's uh, motivational book. <laughs> and they're like, that's it. This time Probably we're going to have make... attended multiple human sacrifices. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the problem with movies and I'm going to fix them folks. We're looking at it very strongly. Oh man. What's anyway, what the Sabres uh, game right now? It's uh, like the Sabres just killed off a penalty. So it's uh between plays right now but they're looking at no they're not looking at anything there that's just a replay so it's like four minutes left and the kings hit a crossbar during that well anyway so back to my recommendation edgar wright kind of a weirdo definitely not like in a not not as a person it's like he has his style yeah it's a really cool style i love his style uh and the Sabres just got another goddamn penalty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. With 2.30 left. So that's probably that. They're not going to be able to do that. Even Sorry, if they kill Dylan Cousins. I tried. Yeah. Uh, Colin Miller got to delay a game for shooting it out of. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's frustrating. That's uh, Anyways. But anyway, yeah. So Edgar Wright got a decent budget to make an original movie. Got some recognizable people in it. So I thought that was good. And I thought it was a good movie. I think reviews have been somewhat mixed. But, I mean, it's got a good grade on Letterboxd, but, like, it's got uh, – some people do not like it. I don't know. Some people just don't like Edgar Wright. So, like – Interesting. Yeah. Speaking of mixed reviews, uh, are we trying to go see Eternals this week? So we can oh, give our, our take on it? Maybe. 
It comes out Thursday, I think. It does, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let me think what I think what I'm doing this week. I'm open to it. I gotta I'm I'm not sure if I can or not, but yeah, I'm open to it. Maybe Friday. Lowest lowest critic rate on Rotten Tomatoes of any Marvel movie. Yeah, but I shocking to me. That's that's stunning. How is it lower than like Thor? Thor two or whatever. Thor two is far and away, I think, the worst Marvel movie. My guess is so I'm, I haven't seen it yet. I honestly, I actually haven't even seen an Eternals preview, which is weird because I've been to the movies really? a lot. I know, right? Isn't it weird? They've been all over. Yeah. Well, I might have seen them on TV, but I don't really watch commercials on TV. I look at my phone. So maybe I just missed it. I've seen a ton of ads, but I actually haven't seen the full length trailer anywhere yet. Uh, they just kept showing me the Jackass trailer and making me feel bad that got it moved to February. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so. No, so I haven't seen it or anything, but my honest guess here is that a lot of the promotion for the movie tried to paint it as not being just like another Marvel movie. Like it was, was like Oscar winning director. Uh, I don't know, like comparisons to like Terrence Malick and other, like let's say like high art type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think maybe critics go in and think that and then they see it and it maybe it just is another Marvel movie. And then maybe that's where that comes from. I don't know. It's, it's just weird to me that like at this point, there would be a movie that has worse reviews than the, those other ones that I mentioned. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's wild to me. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. So because I, as I, the old I saying know. goes, our opinion matters and nobody else does. Yeah. The other thing is, I, I, well, I guess the critic rate on Rotten Tomatoes makes sense. But people use the Rotten Critic, Rotten Tomatoes audience score to make a point every once in a while. But I think people have been doing that like when there's a big gulf between the two. Mm. First of all, acting like it's a brand new thing for there sometimes to be movies that critics like and audiences don't and vice versa, which is not new, not a new concept. But also like, I don't know who actually makes the Rotten. I've never, uh, never, ever, ever have I given a, a movie a grade on Rotten Tomatoes. Ever. Really? Yep. So. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. But yeah, the, the critic score is a little bit because it's an aggregation of the um what all the critics think. It's funny though, um a couple like maybe it was last year, someone found like a 1941 random newspaper review of Citizen Kane that was negative in it. So it was no longer one hundred no longer one hundred uh percent. Also the Sabres lost, but they did not give up an empty net goal, so three two final. Oh darn. Yeah. Okay, so five, two, and one. Let's go into some Sabres after dark and have some fun. This Let's week. do it. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, as well as on the streaming platform that you are currently listening to us, as both of them are putting out great content every single day with the Hockey Podcast Network and our 31 fellow NHL shows along with the charging Buffalo and ton and the other great coverage that they're putting out there, both on the day-to-day of the team, as well as prospect coverage and future prospect coverage. And we will be back with a new episode on Thursday. Hopefully by that point, this will be the last time I will be saying this. Hopefully a Jack Eichel trade will be done by the next time we talk to you all for God's sake, Kevin Adams, please, <laughs> please, please let me stop closing out episodes saying hopefully the next time that you'll be we'll be talking to you there will be a jack eichel trade i can't take it anymore please have a great week everybody this has been straight up (laughs) savers